five inches of beauty. Hello and welcome to another installment of Hammer the Over, brought to you by Model 284. It is Tuesday, September 5th. I'm Fred West. With me is Evan Drone. Evan, how are we doing? I'm doing well, Fred. I I didn't realize that today was the first day of fall. It is. I don't know about you, but I mean, Mother Nature took the whole Labor Day is the last day of summer thing pretty seriously this year. Uh, Walk outside, instantly Uh turn around, put a jacket on. Kind of overcast, crisp, cool air. Heard the Canadian geese honking around. It's fall. Mother Nature knew. Football's back. Yeah. Had the first real week of college football. NFL's back on Thursday and this weekend. Labor Day was yesterday. Mother Nature came. She did her homework. Yep. Rolling it's fall. right into it. It's officially fall. It's it was, it I'm, was, I'm not that disappointed. No, I, I was saying, I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, and I'm probably in the minority here, but I'm, I'm pretty much done with the whole summer thing. Over it, huh? I'm over the, the muggy, warm weather. I'm ready for fall. Um, the issue with fall is that it's too short. It's like the perfect like weather, but it's only it's fleeting. Yeah, it's, it's only like, like a month, month and a half of the of the good stuff. Yeah, that I mean that is the issue and it's like by the end of summer you are ready for that nice that, that nice fall weather, that mm-hmm. cool weather, get the sweatshirts Throw out. that crew favorite, neck on. Bring that favorite pair of jeans back out mm-hmm. you wear four or five days a week. Yeah. Um, Shorts and sweatshirt weather. So all of a sudden, yeah. Winter hmm. hits. But we don't have to worry about that now. Yeah, let's, let's focus on fall and football. Since it is fall, that means there is football. And we had the week one of college football, and it brought all the things that you love about college football. The thing about college sports, uh, football and basketball especially, is you – at least I watch it not for the, the, the play so much as the mistakes. It's the best. I watched a, a Texas-Maryland game. Um, shout out to Max Bortenschlager, third string quarterback on Maryland. It's my cousin. Um, and uh, there were two blocked field goals returned for touchdowns. Love that. In the first half. Love that. That's why you watch college football. Week one, yeah. It, it was a pretty weird weekend of football, too. I mean, there were some, some good storylines that we're obviously going to – we're going to get to here, but mm-hmm. a lot of teams clearly showing that rust. Mm-hmm. Um, some some big teams that took a little while to get the engine going. Yeah, Ohio um, State took a took a half to get going. Yeah, Wisconsin, Wisconsin too. took the first quarter. Scored like what forty five points, even more than that in the second half, mm-hmm. um, unanswered. Um, yeah, Wisconsin's one to zero. Gophers are one to zero. PJ Fleck debut against Buffalo. Know. Want to know? They won. Got his, own, got his own TV show, and he's also one to know. He's also one to know. Pretty nice so, resume. Yep, on pace to run the table. Yeah, looking yeah. pretty good. Some uh, some big names that fell, uh, as I said earlier. Maryland beat Texas. Yep. Uh, unranked Maryland, not really a football school, um, beating Texas, who everyone thought was was going to be in there with USC as the the their back big programs back in the in the conversation yeah well they they got tom herman and at the co as the coach now i think they're ranked 23rd in the country um obviously you said they get beat by maryland this weekend people are throwing trash on the field Mm -hmm. just ridiculously upset i mean there's such a high standard there yeah but I don't know. And he comes out apparently after the game and says it's, it's a long process during a rebuild. Well, I guess they, what kind of rebuild is this? He, he and his staff, he brought in his, his own staff, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They kind of threw Charlie strong under the bus saying, you know, it was a scheme, not so much players. And then they, they give up like 50 to Maryland. Not a good look. 
yeah, that's a tough look. Um, also, Texas A&M, tough look, giving up a 34-point lead um, to Josh Rosen and those UCLA Bears. Um, so those throws Bruins. are ridiculous. Yeah, the Bruins. Yeah, Bruins. Oh, Bruins a bear. Bruin is a bear. Is I actually bear? never knew that. The, the Bruins always depict it as a bear, but is it a bear? I would I have know. to assume it's a bear. Um, yeah, Josh Rosen, is he, he the chosen one? Sure seemed like it. I mean, what was it? 35 points unanswered second yeah. half. I think mm-hmm. most of those came in the fourth quarter too. Mm-hmm. Some of those throws were ridiculous. I, I think one of their that's one of the touchdowns went right through a guy's hands. Mm-hmm. They had that fake spike to yeah. uh, fake clock it, throw it to the corner. On the last, that was the last TD of the game. Mm-hmm. And then they, Under a minute left. Yeah, that was insane. But that's why you watch. That's why you watch college football. You want to see the comebacks. You want to see Howard University taking down UNLV against all odds against. Well, All, uh, statistically, odds? the the biggest upset in NCAA football history. Wow. 5500 to 1, that's a $100 bet to win $55,000. Um, that's an okay return. I'd take that. Yeah. That's a line. This is like where the sports books gets them, get themselves in trouble with these just ridiculous lines. Like Leicester City, like two years ago. And I don't remember exactly what the odds were, but they were something like the same kind of thing. It was like 10,000 to one to win the EPL. And it's why would you even have that as an option? It's you're only setting yourself up for failure. No one's going to bet like on UNLV mm-hmm. in the Howard University game. They're not going to put that much money on it on no return. So all you're doing is setting yourself up for just an absolutely ridiculous payout if Howard University happens to win. Hindsight, Which they did. We should made that bet, right? I do. I had I known. I mean, now it seems so obvious. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think it's Cam Newton's younger brother, too. Are you serious? Yeah. He's got a younger brother? I How is this so. not a bigger storyline? I don't know. Well, Speaking of Cam Newton's younger brother, that Francois guy on uh, Florida State mm-hmm. who R.I.P. Got decimated. Yeah, done for, the, <laughs> done for the year. Um, he looked exactly like Cam Newton. You did, see that? He's got, he had the, uh, the clear shield on his helmet, and he looked just like Cam. Cam's got, I love, like, he's swagged out. Yeah. I love Cam's seeing style. Cam on Sunday. Yeah, that was the big game of the weekend, Bama, FSU. I don't know why anyone schedules Alabama in not I mean, I'm sure they're making a lot of money on that game. Yeah. Still. I, and first game of the season, too. So, what, Florida State drops from number three to number ten just for getting beat by clearly the best team in the country. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you beat them, all of a sudden, you got to be number one, but... Is I mean, it really worth that when you're when you're taking sacks from a guy that got shot in the leg six days earlier. That's when you start to question your scheduling. Yeah, that's when you know. I think when your quarterback's getting ragdolled by a man that literally got shot a week took ago, a to the took leg. a bullet through the thigh a week ago, you start to like, yeah, maybe we should have just played, you know, Appalachian State and called it a day. That's when you start wondering. Yeah. Uh, how about the the long snapper at USC? The the blind long snapper. Blind long snapper. Jake Olson, I believe, yeah. is his name. You know what's funny is I actually remember his like uh, make a wish thing because he had that was his, when his he was deal. Kid. Yeah, when he was like younger, oh, I think he was in middle school or maybe young in high school. He they did like a uh, sports center segment on how this blind kid wanted to be a, a snapper at USC. It was his favorite thing. They took him on the field and stuff. I think it was when Pete Carroll was still coaching. Yeah, that's and, exactly right. Um, 
It's funny to see that come full circle. I mean, good for cool. him. I heard Pete Carroll called him after the game. Yeah. He was sobbing his eyes out. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty <laughs> cool I'd like story. to see that. I mean, that's a, literally the only position that you can make that happen long snapping. Yeah. So credit to the kid for finding that. And, yeah, apparently, too. He, I heard he's a scratch golfer, apparently. He's been giving speeches since he was 12. Scratch golfer? Uh, that makes no sense <laughs> okay, to me. Okay, I, I read that, too, and <laughs> I, I had to think How? pretty hard about that. That's insane. Um, they, they literally, like, the number one rule of golf is keep your eye on the ball. <laughs> That's insane. How in the world is he making contact? I, I really I'm not going to put anything past this kid but uh, that's a, that's what I read on a Bleacher Report Jeez. article so um, we're going to have to check the sources see on the that ball. one how does he line up his putts well, he's got that that seeing eye dog that, he's the got, seeing he's eye dog lines up the putts I, I, he's probably a couple barks if he's got to move to the left I don't know something like that's that that's ridiculous like, I mean I um, I'll believe that one when I see it. I yeah. need to see this guy play golf. But, yeah, good on him for getting into college football. This blind guy is just kicking my ass. <laughs> Playing the college football games, he's a scratch golfer. Yeah, and he's got that, that blonde Cali surfer hair. I'm sure he can, you know, get out on the waves, and he, he's kind of got it going. <laughs> good for him. Makes, makes, you, makes you wonder about your life and what yeah, you're getting makes done. Yeah, you really take a look in the mirror. I'm um, looking ahead to week two. There's some uh, pretty big matchups. Uh, the one – conference matchup out in the Pac-12 is USC and Stanford. Uh, both teams took care of business. Stanford decimated uh, who are they playing? Shit, I'm not going to remember. It was on. It was last Thursday. Um, and uh, USC took care of business there. That should be fun to watch. Ohio State and Oklahoma. That's a big one. Yeah, it's, a, it's two top, and seven, two I believe. Fives. I think it's top fives now. Is it? Oklahoma move up? Um, but yeah, you got Baker Mayfield. A lot of people have him as a Heisman Yep, candidate. Um, high-powered offense there. That should be fun. And then Clemson Auburn um, got the toast of the ACC playing. Probably one of the only teams that anyone thinks has a shot at Bama in the SEC in yep. Auburn. So that'll be interesting to see as well. I mean, um, yeah, it's just good to have college football back. Makes your yeah. Saturdays a little bit more enjoyable. Nice, nice Saturdays. Saturday slate coming our way to mm-hmm. segue right into our first right, NFL Sunday. Right into week one of NFL. And uh, breaking news as of just a little bit ago, probably about an hour ago, mm-hmm. Zeke Elliott's uh, suspension upheld, but kind of. Yeah, we're kind of struggling with this one here. Yeah, to be honest with you, I, I don't fully understand how this works, but he's his suspension is. Re- his appeal was denied, essentially, and right. he uh, the suspension was upheld. But since it's so close to week one, he's allowed to play in week one, right. and then there's still a chance he can appeal again. Next week or something. And maybe not serve his suspension at all. But yeah, it's, it's not worth my time trying to figure it out. Just go week by week and mm-hmm. see, is he playing or is he not? But there's, it seems like there's infinite loopholes in this game, and guys are, I mean. Yeah, I don't. The whole court system with the NFL suspension thing kind of confuses me. It seems like they can get suspended and then just take that to court, like right. take the actual suspension to court. And then now we're not even fighting about what the suspension was about, but whether or not the suspension was was just in itself. So it, it feels like a convoluted way of dealing out punishment, but I, I just whatever that's for smarter people to, to figure out and for me to just sit on my twitter and refresh until i know who's playing and on just, sunday and just pray that darren mcfadden's getting those those hands i, I need sunday. mcfadden taking those handoffs yeah, sunday night uh, i mean i think we both drafted him mm-hmm. the uh 
a nice value value pick. Yeah, I went with the uh, the McFadden Doug Martin combo, mm-hmm. trying to trying to work the system there a little bit, covering all ground. There. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to work out for me, but you know, trust the model and whatnot. Also, speaking of Sunday night, exactly like I said, NFC East. Oh yeah, and, and New York for Sunday playing, night, yeah, New playing year. Dallas because that's all that happens. And Philadelphia is playing it's Jerry's World. So Philadelphia is playing Washington. The NFC East so, doesn't play. That's got to be like a what an afternoon. Yeah, that's got a three twenty-five yeah, Eastern for sure. Fox three twenty-five. It's it's incredible. The NFC East doesn't play anyone but the NFC East. Um, we're gonna delve a little bit further into the Week One matchups and spreads later on in yeah. our uh, in our uh, podcast here when we talk about the overs and whatnot. Um, but we'll move on now to MLB Twins barely clinging to a wild card spot. I think yeah. they may have lost tonight. Um, they were down 2 nothing to the Rays. Uh, they got schlacked last night uh, after the best record in the major leagues in August. A little sluggish start to, yeah, best to September. It's weird um, how that works. Calendar flips, weather changes. Well, they used up all their runs all on uh, Saturday. Yeah, 17 nothing over Seven, the, the Royals. I think 17 nothing over the Royals, but they've dropped 2 or 3 at the same time in that series. Yeah. So, I, you know... It's uh, it seems about right that uh, my stress level is gonna be be through the roof here. Come come fall, we got the Twins about to break my heart. We got the Vikings about to break my heart. Um, but but even with the inevitable heartbreak, as you say, it's it's, it's more fun. It's more fun that we got a we got a chance. Yeah, that's true, and we have a chance. There's a fighting chance out there with the Twinkies. Um, Giancarlo Stanton keeps mashing. He's at fifty three. Um, still legit shot at 60, um, steroids or not. And, uh, that's fun to watch as well. Yeah. It's like every time I scroll my Instagram feed, I, I see another MLB post of Stan. It's just the same video every time. Yeah. It's him just ripping one into left. I love how hard he is. Like the way it pops off his bat, it just feels like it's a video game. I don't get why people even pitch to him anymore. It's I mean, crazy. It's like. And he's got that wide open stance too. He's got mm-hmm. that left leg just sit. It's like he's just sitting there waiting. <laughs> he just, just throws really bombs it. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. Um, other news today: the Boston Red Sox got caught cheating. Yeah, using an Apple Watch, Apple Watch to uh, to relay tap. some signs from their Yankees series. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think this is classic. Gamesmanship. Red Sox, you think this is, you think this is cheating? Whatever you can get. Cheating well, or gamesmanship? I think this is 100% cheating. Um, Using the technology? Yeah, well, apparently so. I don't know. We, we talked about this earlier. Can you have a cell phone in the dugout? I don't think so. I never see you guys no. with cell phones. Don't know why they would need one. But um, you can get your messages on your Apple Watch. So they've got a guy up uh, in the replay booth, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously watching live feed and sending messages to the coaches who then relay that to the players. Um, you know, you, you've heard of guys, you know, tapping their helmet twice on second base mm-hmm. and see a curveball. See, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's, that's, that's gamesmanship, I think. I think that's, that's part just of the, the respect game. of the game. Mm-hmm. I think that's the controversy there. But if you're actually, like, you got a guy watching film, sending, relaying messages down to the dugout, I think that's where you're crossing the line. Yeah, I would agree. If you're using technology to, like, to somehow use the broadcast feed, to, to get an advantage that's because they've gone out of their way to try to, to keep the players and, and management um, from getting the feed in the dugouts. Baseball's yeah. got that unique situation where you can like actively 
see what's like if you were able to get the live feed you could change the outcome of the game just by watching right from the the angle that the uh the camera's coming in at right um so yeah i'd, I'd say that's crossing the line but i guess earlier in the season the yankees got uh got a little slap on the wrist for having some some of their bullpen pitchers uh watching the feed of the game um i guess potentially there could be some some malintent there they're also just so bored out there. yeah but like give them a Give them a bone, like you gotta throw them. They can't. They like, <laughs> I mean, some of those. Like, give them like an iPad with just Netflix on it or something. Yeah, you know, some of those else. bullpens you can't see the game from. Like if they don't have like the the mesh caged, uh, yeah, like wall, they gotta be angled or something. Yeah, you, so they're protected. Or, yeah, so yeah, you, like what are you just sitting? You're basically sitting in a prison. I mean, essentially, you're just waiting. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know if they are hoping they get in. You know, some of them probably not. Like, like, if you're a bullpen catcher, oh, for an entire. Do you, that's actually a question. Do you travel with your bullpen catchers? You mean do they do your bullpen catchers tra- travel with the team? Yeah, is that what you're asking? So I assume I they know, do because but I think like average Joe's can be bullpen. Catchers. Yeah, I feel like I could be a bullpen catcher. I think you probably could. Let's see your squat. I don't know. You, you I can't squat. Okay, well, <laughs> guess that dream is dead. So turns out I can't. But I mean, do you need to be in a squat to be a bullpen catcher? You could probably just kneel. You give that the same that Yachty Molina where you just kick that leg out. And mm-hmm. Just kind of rest on it. On. Yeah. Throw the leg out. Yeah. I think I could be a bullpen catcher. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. Um, that pretty much does it with our sports recap. Oh, the other thing, the Kyrie trade went through. I think we all Yeah, we covered that. that. Probably got about two hours of hammer the over coverage on that trade, and it's finally done. So that's just Good riddance with it. Kyrie's on Boston. IT's on Cleveland. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. A couple draft picks swapped here and there, but. Now we're going to send it on over to a fun interview with uh, Minnesota sports fan, fanatic, maybe super fan, uh, Tom Milne. Uh, he's going to take us through the entire Vikings roster, tell us who's good, who's not. Position us, by position. Give us the pulse of the uh, the Vikings team heading into their opener on Monday night. So uh, we'll send it on over to our interview with Tom. All right, now we'd like to welcome on Minnesota sports super fan, Tom Milne, to the podcast. Tom, how you doing? Yeah, we like to think we're doing a pretty good job. We like to think so. Maybe you can bring us, uh, get us over that hump and bring us to the next level with some, some fiery Minnesota Vikings takes. I actually had a, a quick piece of breaking news. I got on my phone about a minute before you uh, guys called me here. Robbie Grossman, Twins DH, just homered into the Stingray tank at Tropicana Field. Wow. Did he really? What's the score right now? I don't know. Ask Doug. He definitely will know, but uh, I might get a kick out of that. Yeah, the game's over. We lost 2-1. to one. Nailed it. Oh. Wasn't, wasn't enough for Robbie, but um, you, you just <laughs> you stick to the, to the Vikes, and we'll, we'll worry about the Twins over here. How about that? All right, deal. Hey, so just to uh, to give the uh, folks a little uh, background on you, can you give us your saddest Minnesota sports moment? Without a doubt, 09 NFC Championship, going down the field, Favre throws that pick, they get the ball first in overtime before the rules had changed, and uh, there was a play on that drive, I remember, too. Uh, there was... Uh, the ball was almost popped out of Peter Thomas's hands, like it was like an inch. They show the replay. Garrett Hartley, this loser, I don't think he'd ever hit a good kick in his life, comes on the field and 
nail that field goal. They go to the Super Bowl. We go home. Actually, a buddy who Evan knows well who broke his hand. He punched my fireplace and broke his hand. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> that, about that, right. That's got to be number one. Nothing comes close to that. Yeah, I think that's pretty much everyone's number one. Yeah, that's pretty universal uh, Minnesota Vikes fan heartbreak right there. All right, Tom, what would you do for a Vikes Super Bowl win? Oh, boy. Terrible, terrible things. Terrible we, things? We, we, we play this game a lot. Man, there's, there's not a lot I wouldn't do. Let's just, how about we put it that way? Could, would you consider going vegan for two years for a Vikes Super Bowl win? Yes. Without a doubt, and that that's disgusting to me. <laughs> and how much how much weight do you anticipate you'd lose? <laughs> I'd be one seventy by Christmas. Jeez, I'd weigh away. That's a uh, that's a quick turnaround. <clears throat> hey, what's I was looking through uh, some of your tweets. What's your beef with this Elliot Shore Parks guy? I think he's a beat writer for the Eagles. <laughs> this guy is obsessed with Bradford. Sandy Sleeves? He can't get over it. He's like a scorned ex. Yeah, he is. He like his background is like the Kanye album, except for it's like Bradford's name scratched off and Wentz written in. Like if you look at his Twitter cover photo, the guy's a loser. He's. It's like why would you even care? You got you got your end of the deal. Why are you still writing articles about Bradford a year later? What's so the point? does this guy like? Is he happy with Wentz at quarterback now, or does he wish they hadn't yeah. traded Bradford? No, he loves Wentz, but he can't stop talking about how happy he is that Bradford's gone. Oh, that's how you know he's not truly happy with his his new his new flame. If he has to oh, keep yeah. talking about how happy he is, he's not really happy. Without a doubt, he's a this guy. Is a, he's a nobody. He's got Sammy sleeves on the brain. <laughs> Can't get him off. Exactly. Um, all right. So now I think what we're going to do is just going to run uh, position by position, um, and you give us the uh, you give us the the what for on on what we should expect out of them this year, and then afterwards we'll we'll do final end of the year predictions for our for our Vikes. Sound good? All right, so starting at quarterback, we have the aforementioned Sammy Sleeves. Last year broke the uh, completion percentage record in the NFL. A lot of dump-offs. A lot of dump-offs. Not exactly the uh, high-powered offense we had envisioned. What can we expect out of Sammy Sleeves this year, Tom? Yeah, you know, a lot of his success is going to hinge on the line, uh, but we'll get there, of course, in the Mm -hmm. line of questioning here. you're going to expect to see, I think, a little bit better version of what you saw last year. I think he's finally figured out he's healthy, his knees are good, um, he's got a fantastic arm, he's incredibly accurate. Um, when you think statistics, my goal for him, I think, is truly realistic, is circa 30 touchdowns, maybe 27, 28, with the picks round 10, hopefully keeps it below 10, mm-hmm. um, and definitely crossing 4,000 yards for the first time in his career. And I think that's really, really honestly like a reasonable prediction given the way the offense is set up for him. Now, nothing matters with him unless you know we keep him upright. If he gets hit, if he gets stacked 40 times this year, right. throw everything like we just I just set out the window. Right, yeah, so it seemed like he couldn't really get his feet under him, at the, uh, especially in the second half of that year last year. Um, right. I know you have an opinion on this. If Teddy Bridgewater were healthy, who are you going with? I'm definitely going Bradford. Um, a lot of 
lot of people would disagree with me. My brother is vehemently would disagree with me there. Um, I'm going Bradford. I just think he's got more talent and more upside. His thing is just being aggressive. If Bradford can be more aggressive, take more chances, trust his arm, trust his receivers, which is the best receiving core he's ever had, I, I, he's a better quarterback than Teddy. He can just do things that Teddy can't, frankly, I think. Well, Teddy's got what two seasons under his belt, and not even complete seasons. Um, I mean, he's yeah, Bradford's a more developed quarterback. Though, right? What? You're talking potential, though, right? What are you going to bet on? Right. So I actually I agree with Tom. From what we've seen, Sam Bradford is a better quarterback. Now you can play the revisionist history game. Teddy looked fantastic in the first couple of preseason games last year, and everyone thought he was ready to take that next step. But we haven't actually seen it happen in real games that matter. So for the time being, Bradford's your guy. Yeah, I mean, I was heartbroken when Teddy went down last year. And then we finally got one of those guys who's like that big-armed guy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, picked in the top five. You know, so I, I, I like him a lot. I think he's got a lot of potential. I hope it pans out. And I think what a lot of people forget, at least I know, and I have to keep reminding myself, is in the first five games of last year, I remember constantly telling myself, these are throws that Teddy couldn't make. Oh, I completely agree, Fred. I mean, that was like, you, you just watch it, you're like, listen, like, does Teddy make that those 35-yard drop passes that he drops into Thielen and Diggs? Like, is, is Teddy the guy who can launch it on a dime, you know, 50 yards in the air and hit Thielen for that long touchdown in Green Bay? Right. He just missed those throws last year. He had McKinnon burned in that New York game or that Packer game. So then we won the division. McKinnon was like 10 yards behind the guy. Teddy overthrows him by 10 yards. And you're just sitting there like, what are we doing here? Right. So yeah. people forget, you know, people forget. Short memory. Well, uh, thankfully, uh, we don't have to debate that. Right, moment. yeah. We're, we're going Brad. Teddy's so. on the pup, eligible week six. Um, moving to the second position, probably the position – Besides the offensive line with the most turnover this year, we got running back Dalvin Cook slated as the starter with Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. What can we reasonably expect out of Cook this year? That's a great question. You know, a lot hinges on Latavius Murray's role. Um, what I think statistics, I think if he gets around 10 touchdowns, 8 touchdowns, that'll be a success because Latavius is going to get 4 or 5 because he'll get red no carries. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect Alvin to break 1,000 yards. I think that any reasonable person, given the workload that we're going to give him, would think that. You know, I also think he's going to catch some, like, 40, 50 passes. Um, Adrian's best year was far if he caught 40 passes for like 600 yards, something like that, or like 500 yards. I think Dalvin's going to go beyond that. Bradford's already shown the preseason he likes throwing on the ball. We're going to throw him screens. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a big part of this offense. I expect a lot of success. And actually, here's a hot take, hot take alert. Oh, okay. I think I think this running back group is better than last year's and better than even we had in 2015 when Adrian ran for like 1,600 yards. There's a lot of different players that can do a lot of different things. Latavius is a very good running back. Dalvin Cook is explosive, and so is Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I think there's a lot of promise for this group. Yeah, I think Dalvin fits this offense better than Adrian did, um, even when he was when he was healthy and in his in his peak. And I don't think anyone would argue that Adrian Peterson is the better running back, but I think that Dalvin fits the system better, and I think he's going to have a great year. Completely agree. You know, nothing matters if one of them gets hurt. You know, that throws the whole thing in flux. But we got lucky. I mean, our third running back is Jerick McKinnon, which we thought was good enough to replace, you know, Adrian anyway. So mm-hmm. I think we're in a good shape on that group. 
So we'll keep the, the focus on the bikes here, but a, a quick hit um, on the subject of Adrian Peterson. We're going to see him Monday night, week one, uh, in a Saints uniform. That's going to be pretty weird to see. Um, what do you what do you think about AP saying that he wants to stick it to the Vikings after we stuck out with him uh, through his his issues and paid him a pretty pretty nice contract um, on clear decline of his his play? Well. Great, great question, uh, Evan, Doug. Uh, poor choice of wording by Adrian to begin with. I mean, he hits his son with a switch made of a stick, and then he says he wants to stick it to us. So, uh, funny, funny you think that's a play on words there? Yeah, funny he would go with that language, but, um, you know, um, I don't know what to think. I, part of me, you know, watching him growing up, he was so fantastic for us for so many years. Want to be like, you know, whatever, let it slide. Give him his claps on the first day. I wasn't a PA today. Give him his claps yeah. on the first play. And, and, and then, you know, after that, let's kick his ass. I mean, frankly, you know, like, let's let's get after him. Let's tackle him. Um, and let's not let him do anything. Uh, but again, he's a competitive guy. I just think he's, uh, you know, he's Adrian, right? Now all yeah. of a sudden the competitive juices are flowing. He thinks, I don't know how anyone who can get paid $100 million by an organization over, you know, a 10-year period can have any animosity towards that place or think that they own something or they did them wrong. Okay, we set your family up for, like, 200 years of wealth. You know, you, you should be happy. Well, his family, which is uh, pretty extensive from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you. He uh, And I listened to PA, and I, I thought he was spot on. You give him, You give him your claps to start the game. Um, you clap after his first run, and then after that, he's just another player. I think what uh, kind of gets overlooked or maybe wasn't really brought to light about Adrian until the whole uh, domestic abuse thing was just is just how stupid he is. So I don't think like anything he sa- everything he says is taken with a grain of salt. There's not a whole lot of firing upstairs, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I mean, it's just he's, he is what he is. You know, they can't – Anyway, was saying, like, just last week, that Barbie said to tell him what to do. He didn't know what the play meant. Yeah. He to tell him what to do on the play because he didn't know what the play actually, like, meant for him to do. So I'm with you on that. I love the guy. He's purple Jesus in my eyes. But, 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 he'll be a Viking forever. But screw him on Monday. Let's kill him. I agree. Love it. 100%. Wide receiver core. We got Thielen and Diggs starting off, and then Treadwell, Wright, Coley, and Adams. Um, what are you looking at for digs? I know, especially when you're thinking like explosive wide receivers in the NFL, you're not necessarily people outside of Minnesota anyway, aren't thinking Stefan Diggs. but I mean, the guy's got all the talent in the world, um, was on a tear last year until he got hurt. Um, what are we looking at? Yeah, actually, before I dig into this, I'd like to pose a question to you guys. Mm-hmm. What was the last time you remember a Vikings wide receiver core that had this much talent? Are we doing I mean, Carter, Reed, and Moss? I don't know. I think that that might be it. Now, you argue between the 8 for 09 when we had Sidney Rice, Bernard Berry, and Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin, yeah. Real. Percy Harvin and Rice were a good tandem. Yeah, but I, this is, it's been a while since we had three guys, four guys, really, five guys, if you include Floyd in that mix, who, like, really can make a difference. I mean, um, Diggs, uh, you put him in the slot, you put him outside, he's a burner, he's crafty, he makes people miss after the catch. Um, Stats-wise, he better get over a 1,000 yards this year. He better score more than five touchdowns. Anything less, I think, is a, is a disappointment. Um, Thielen, I mean, 
what can you say about that kid that isn't this bad, right? I mean, he does everything right. He never drops the ball. He runs good routes. He's fast. I think he's proven to everyone he's way faster than anyone ever thought he'd be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was knocking on the door of 1,000 yards last year. I think he ended up the year with like 967 yards receiving, something like four or five touchdowns. I got 200-yard game against Green Bay. Um, Treadwell's a big unknown. Uh, if you get the guy that showed up at Ole Miss, you're thinking like, whoa, you know, we got something here. Big body receiver. Um, he, I think he showed a quick flash in the Seattle game. Um, you know, he, he's got play, a big playability, and he can take hits. Um, so I like that. You know, big unknowns, Floyd, as well. I mean, we're so lucky we got him. When, when will he matter, right? When will he have impact? Is he going to be trusted? Is Bradford going to throw the ball down the field to Michael Floyd? Is Michael Floyd going to be running out of the outside? You know, I don't, I don't know, but um, I don't know. I, I like this wide receiver core a lot. Mm-hmm. I wish we had flashy P back still. Cordero, I love that guy. He was fun gadget type player, but. You know, people tell me crazy, like Sam Wallace, Sam Wally, you know, founder mile 284. I think this is a top 10 wide receiver unit in the NFL, and you're hard-pressed to show me another group that has as much talent, frankly. So why do you think the Vikings don't get that credit? You think they're a top 10 receiving core in the league, but I don't think anybody outside of Minnesota would even consider that. And Why do you think that is? Uh, I'd say feelings white. Okay. Yeah. Got that. <laughs> I think yeah. He was white, so you know he gets the he gets like you know the grit and he's a he works hard and all this stuff. No, he's a talented wide receiver. It also doesn't he help. His butt off. Doesn't help that he came from a Division two program as well. No, so he's an unknown guy, right? He wasn't drafted in the, in the NFL draft. He wasn't you know, not in the first couple of rounds. Right. Um, the the Treadwell flop. That's, I think, a, a, a good knock on the Vikes right now. Now, if he comes out and catches 50 balls this year, is anyone going to be saying that anymore? Highly doubt it. Um, and then Diggs. Diggs, you know, guys, we watch the games, right? We watch every game. We see Diggs. We see the talent. The talent hasn't translated into, like, a lot of touchdowns yet or a lot of yards yet. Uh, I think people see flashes, like, in the national TV games, like the Packer game. Um, you know, where he had like 197 or whatever it is. But until these guys, you know, they, you know, come out and have that, that like stamping year, their franchise year for their, for their, you know, their individual role, you're not going to get a lot of love. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Diggs had shown flashes of being basically uncoverable, and then you know he disappears at times as well. Part of that I think has to do a little bit with our offense. Um, Treadwell is a guy that you're just waiting on, just waiting on him to 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 fill the role that to fill the role that he was drafted to fill, which is that big body red zone presence. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you to an extent with Theo, and I think he's one of those guys. And you know, you'd hate to to bring the the white guy into it, but he he needs to. He's one of those guys that people need to see a lot from before they start to give him much credit. Um, right. And I think for Minnesota people, he's definitely shown when he was the number one wide receiver last year towards the end of the year. I mean, he I mean played his balls off and hats off to the guy. So yeah, I like this uh, receiving core. I don't think I'd throw them up there with the the Reed Carter Moss. Do you guys remember that poster? By the way, yes, I had it. Such yeah. a great poster. That was a fire poster. Um, yeah. Another big no, part. I'm not saying, Fred. I'm not saying they're in that realm. But right. this has got to be the best since them. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, since then, with maybe the the Sydney Rice, Percy Harvin in there as well. In that conversation, for sure. The other big weapon that the offense has, a tight end, Kyle Rudolph, big country. Big country. Um, Big country. Top 10, definitely tight end in the league. Had a big year yet last year. Comfortable with Bradford, kind of his guy on maybe third down. Um, can we can we expect to see Rudolph in that top top five kind of tight end in the league spot this yeah, year? Yeah, I'll tell you I'll tell you where I see him. He's got all the talent in the world. I think since his sports journey, he slowed down a little bit. I, you just notice it when he runs. A um, couple things. Bradford loves him. One, we saw that last year, best year ever. Two, um, he's Bradford's red zone guy, like without a doubt. Bradford is looking to throw to Kyle Rudolph when we get in the red zone. You're going to see him getting a lot of targets in the red zone. Actually, I was listening to NFL, like Good Morning NFL, watching that the other day. Kyle Rudolph had the number two tight end red zone targets last year. Um, he's a great tight end. I, I expect a good year from him as well. You know, As long as he can stay healthy. And that's another note on like Diggs, too. I, mean, I, I forgot to mention that. He's got to stay on the field. So is Kyle Rudolph. Another big injury this year, you know, sets him back, sets us back. And then we go to David Morgan. The group behind Kyle Rudolph is not very good. No. No. Uh, David Morgan and Blake Bell are the guys behind. Uh... Yeah, we cut Bucky Hodges. So, so far, thanks for another wasted pick, Spielman. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Rudolph's definitely that guy that you're comfortable with. And Bradford seems to uh, feel the same way. Biggest question mark of the entire Vikings team this year, 2017 squad, offensive line. Uh, team just parted ways with Alex Boone, who we paid a fortune to come over from San Francisco. Um, he just got picked up by Arizona. Um, what what are we looking at here, Tom? Uh, this is the, the unit that broke down and pretty much ended the 2016 season. Uh, it's essentially entirely revamped. Um they basically just need to be average for this team to be good. That's what I was going to say. Um, their ceiling is average. Right. Their floor is bottom five. Right. Um, a ton of unknown. I, I actually, you know, this is me. I'm purple positivity guy. You guys know that. Yeah. I actually look at the silver lining on the Boone cut. Boone was a uh, man blocking scheme. O lineman, and we now are running a zone blocking scheme, you know, O line, and uh, it sounds like Easton not only outperformed him on like a general pass and blocking and run blocking, you know, performance type measure, but fits the scheme way better. And if they thought that it wasn't worth paying Boone seven million dollars this year, because Easton you know is going to like a million. I, I gotta say I trust that move. I actually watched that Seattle game. You can see that the, the group that when Easton was in, when Boom was out, they were moving. They were moving people, right? They were getting holes for Dalvin Cook. That's Dalvin Cook had his best game. If you go down the line, um, Reese is really a right tackle playing left tackle, getting left tackle money. That was a mistake, but you know, I guess we're stuck with him, right? Yeah. Um, Left guard is going to be Easton, and that's a good question mark. You know, we traded him in 2015 uh, for Gerald Hodges, who was a promising linebacker, and, and we, we, you know, we were just like, yeah, I guess we want Nick Easton, so now he's going to get a chance to play. Elfline, I like that pick. He won the starting spot. That was another reason they cut Boone, is they felt comfortable with Pat Elfline starting. Take that with a great assault. Spielman sucked at line moves, but... That, that, that at least tells you something what they think. 
Berger, really old, could fall off at any minute now, but if he has another good season, you know, we'll all be happy, right? He could help this unit be average. And then you've got the weakest link, I think, by far on the line, and that's Revers. Uh, overpaid, over the hill, got burned against the Bills in the preseason, was looking pretty crappy against Seattle as well, except for a couple good run blocks. He's going to get Bradford killed, I think. Um, and I, I personally, I think that the O-line move at this point in time, another hot take, hot take, hot take. Um, I think you move Reef to right and you bring in Rashad Hill, who played better on left than even Reef did, and that's your starting O-line. I think Rivers is going to get benched, and they're going to cut him next year, and there's going to be a bunch of dead money. And it might end up being the end of Spielman, frankly. So um, that's my person-by-person breakdown. I think that the group as a whole can be average, um, above average maybe in run blocking, average in pass blocking, all the way to bottom five in the league. Yeah, I mean, so for those of you keeping score at home, that's wrong position. I guess that's okay. Promising rookie, too old, and you suck. Yikes. Yeah. Is that about right? Yeah, that's that's about right. I mean, two, two, two or three of them, you're, you know, Berger's new position, right? Elfline, center in college, rookie, unknown. Easton, basically unknown. Reef, wrong position, yeah. Right tackle, you suck. So, so here we go here we go right no and if one of them goes down we are in big trouble so like go you, ahead Doug you mentioned Alex Boone uh, obviously gets cut he just signed with the Cardinals today I don't know if you saw that uh, good for him um, but he's actually got some unfinished business here in Minnesota even though he's gone I don't know if you remember but Mark Murphy the um, president and CEO of the Packers came out and said a few months ago that he said it's going to be a lot of fun for our fans to drive across the state when we're in the Super Bowl in Minneapolis and then Boone responded and said over my dead expletive body um, does he hold up his end of that still with the Cardinals? Or? <laughs> crucify Boone and, and place him inside U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> Is that how it gets done? I mean, he's going to have to. I don't to. know. I no, mean, first of all, screw Mark Murphy. That guy's a putt. The Packers have ruined a Hall of Fame quarterback's career, and he goes all the way to the top. Ted Thompson's a moron. Mark Murphy's a moron. The whole organization sucks, and they're propped up by one of the most talented players of all time. I got no sympathy for how much they suck, and they're not coming to Minneapolis and winning a Super Bowl in our town. Okay. Yeah, I said on this podcast that I'd pack up and move if they win a Super Bowl in this town. Uh, Tom, are you on board with that? Yeah, I'll, I'm going to rent my house out to Packer fans, and I'll, then I'll blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's, Tom's looking at a, a, right, a triple suicide. We're, we're going here. down a, a dangerous path here, uh, getting on Packer hate talk. But we'll cut that no, part. No, but really though, you know, I like the line by Boone when he was a Viking. Now he kind of looks dumb. What you guys say? Yeah, uh, well, he. I, I never really liked his personality. I know PA had him on a few times, and he just seemed a little, a little over the top. I don't know. I couldn't get a good read on that guy. So he I think he's pretty better. He what? He swears more than me when I'm, like, really drunk. Yeah, I don't know if that's which, true, but... Which is a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I feel like with the Boone, the Boone move is sort of coupled with uh, with Peterson. The offense just kind of passed him by. It's not what they want to run anymore. So, uh, fine with him out of town. Uh, moving over a different side of the ball, this is where the, the Vikings uh, make their money here. 
playing defense. Bread and butter of the squad, probably the front four. Um, right now they got it listed as Hunter, Griffin, Johnson, and Linval. Um, I mean, this is this is the, the squad that needs to be firing all cylinders for the Vikes to, uh, to make a run this year, is it not? It absolutely is. This is like, you're right, this is the bread and butter, this is where we win games. They need to be abusing people like they abused Cam Newton last year. Um, I totally agree. I love this group. I actually love the depth, too. Yeah. You guys look at some yeah. of the players that we have behind those guys. Julio Johnson from Iowa, he made the team. I like him. Hopefully, Sharif Boy can come back. Robinson's a backup now. Yeah. Robinson's great in the run, great pass rusher, too. He's crafty, um, loves eating up Rodgers, which I love. I mean, going down the line of the starters, Everson Griffin, top five defensive end in the league. Everson Griffin um, is an absolute freak. Everson? Everson? This is Everson Griffin. You were listening to the Vikings football on the fan. <laughs> no, I love, I love, I love Everson. Um, he's massive. I've met him in person. It's ridiculous how big he is. Daniel Hunter, my God, you know, we Spielman somehow can find late gems for defense, just can't find them for offense. Um, Daniel Hunter, I think, is like if you if you were to pick like one guy, rising star in defense in the NFL, you might pick him. He could go off for twenty sacks this year. Like he could, he's that freakishly athletic, and he's bigger than he's ever been. He's fast. He's powerful. He's crafty. Zimmer's coaching him up. I love him. Um, and then you've got you know Linval Hungry. He, he's a monster. I like that he signed to a big term long term deal. And then you got kind of the more the rotation, right? You know, Tom Johnson, Jaleel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't really know who's going to be playing nose tackle all that much because um, of Shreve Floyd out. But um, I, I like that group. They, they, if they play bad, we're in trouble. Right. Team kind of runs with the uh, the front four with this squad. Um, yeah. Griffin and Hunter are, are athletic freaks. Uh, I don't under. I saw a picture of Griffin in. in in training camp and his arms didn't like make sense to me just their dimensions and like veininess of them yeah the, the definition yeah. these guys get for being too as much as they pounds. probably eat and being as big as they are is just I, it boggles my mind where where Hunter claims he has four percent body fat where did where did we go wrong <laughs> is my question how is like the, the genetics these, yeah genetics are just so off on <laughs> on me and them and them <laughs> doesn't make yeah, any well, sense Yeah, they're they're crazy. Speaking of pretty crazy too, is the the linebacking core, Barr and Kendricks. I mean, they've been a staple of of the uh, the defense for the last three years. Um, what are your thoughts there on uh, the weak side linebacker position and how how that could uh, be a little bit of a chink in the armor? Yeah, um, I like that Ben Gideon or I think it's Gideon or Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. Yeah, Gideon. I like that he won it. Um, I liked him in Michigan. I remember watching him play the Gophers. He's a solid player. Um, he'll he'll go through the rookie gambit though. You know, he's going to get burned and pass pro. He's going to miss tackles. Um, it, it'll be rookie pain for him. Uh, how about this? I'd like to see the Anthony Barr of two years ago. Right. The Anthony Barr that chased down Kevin Coleman and made him fumble in that Atlanta game. 
the Anthony Barr that like made Philip Rivers like see him in his nightmares two years ago when we played him at TCF Bank. Um, if he's his best, he's one of the best linebackers in the league. He can't take plays off. Um, Kendricks is the core of that group. Yeah. Um, I love Kendricks. He is an awesome player, and every down linebacker, great at pass pro, great at run stopping. He's smart. You never see him out of place. I think that group, if Gideon plays well, is a top 15, top 10 unit in the league, just given Barr and Kendricks. Um, if we get bad weak side linebacker play, to your question, we're in trouble. Um, you don't like that. People will run that way. And if they get through and no one's there to stop them, um, that could be an issue for us. Yeah, I mean, Kendricks is another one of those athletic freaks. I think he, he covers pretty much the entire field. I'm not entirely sure how, but it seems that way to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they get the benefit of having, again, a top five front four in front of them. So, I mean, they they have that to work with. Um, if you're right, if you can get Barr from two years ago, we're, we're cooking here in the, uh, in the entire front seven. Yeah, I'd like to see Barr unleashed again. Emerson starts sending him uh, on blitzes. Uh, you know, can you imagine like as a quarterback or like a or a left end and left guard, and you've got uh, you know, Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin, maybe maybe on the stunts coming over Barr, all coming after you at the same time. Uh, one of them's getting through. Yeah, you better get rid of the ball. Barr's <laughs> right, the length of Barr's arms also don't make sense to me. They're, they're basically like Mr. Fantastic arms. I'm pretty sure they're past his kneecaps. Um, <laughs> into the secondary, uh, you got Xavier Rose just locked up to a long-term deal. And then across from him, it looks like Trey Waynes, although they did just uh, just sign uh, Tremaine Brock from San Francisco. And something then, called Tremaine Brock. Something called Tremaine Brock. And then they've got uh, the young Mackenzie Alexander, who has been underwhelming since uh, being drafted. And then Terrence Newman, who just celebrated his 74th birthday. Happy birthday, Terrence. <laughs> Happy birthday, Terrence. Um, Happy birthday, Terrence. Rest in peace. I mean, if Trey Waynes can't, uh, <laughs> can't, can't prove himself to be a, uh, a starting quarterback this year, that's another spot that could potentially see some trouble. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. I mean, Xavier Rhodes, I, I think right now if you're an NFL fan and you don't recognize that Xavier Rhodes is the top five cornerback in this league, you're just not paying attention. He's a freak. He's fast. He's physical. Uh, what more can you ask for? He's good in man coverage. He's good in zone coverage. He, he's a good ball hog, which is something we are missing from his career in, in the past couple of years. I love him. He's fantastic. Wayne, you know, Fred, you bring up a good point with him. If we don't get what we thought we were getting out of him, we're going to be in trouble. Uh, that's not going to be good for this team. Um, Newman is old but still crafty. I'd like to see him make that shift over to safety next to Sendejo. Uh, I've never been much of a Sendejo fan. Somehow he keeps winning the job. Um, kudos to him, I guess, for staying in the NFL and winning that job over guys who are probably more athletic than him. Um but, you know, I, 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 like, I like the cornerback group. Um, I like the potential of the cornerback group. Yes. Mackenzie Alexander, you, you need to see him make a big step. Tremaine Brock, Minnesota boy, right? Yeah. Yep. He's there for, I think, a Gopher. year or two. Yeah, Gopher. Um, I don't know. He's still an above-average group. Anytime you've got Xavier being able to, like, like he made – Excuse my language. He made uh, Odell Beckham his bitch last year. Like he did. He I was at that game. game. 
Fun fact. He yeah. took him out of the game. He was so mad, he was punching things again like a baby. Yeah, no, I mean, when Xavier Rose was on, he's, he's you're right, he's a top five cornerback in the league, and he can, he's, it's a luxury to have that guy who can line up against the other team's top wide receiver, and, and you can count on him for a pretty much shutdown performance. Yeah, which yep. He's getting paid like it now, too, so. Yeah, so. You yeah. hope to see some more of the same. No excuses. And then over the top, uh, you mentioned Sandejo, who I think he leads the league in, um, in just helmet to helmet collisions <laughs> and <laughs> CTE all and around. yeah he he loves that that 15 yard head start and then just missling into the hole um and then Harrison Smith uh i mean what can be said about Harrison Smith he pretty much does it all yeah um I, I, I think it's a miss. I will say I think it's an organizational miss that they haven't been able to find someone to replace Anderson Dejo. I don't think that's like a key to basically saying like Anderson Dejo's good and he keeps winning this job. We just seem to not be able to find the guy to put next to Harry. Um, maybe they play well together. I don't know. Anthony Harris played a little bit last year. I still think he might end up getting that job eventually if Dejo gets cooked. Um, Harrison Smith's the best safety in the NFL. There's nobody better. An argument could be made for Eric Berry. I'm going to take Harry on that. He hits harder than anybody else. He's a ball hawk. Um, he can sack the quarterback. He can hurry the quarterback. He can stop the run. He can tackle big linebackers. You know, sorry, big running backs. He can hit tight ends. He can cover tight ends. What more do you want? The safety. He's a complete package. Um, needs to stay healthy. That's the key with him. But. Um, he alone makes the Vikings have a top 10 safety unit, top five safety unit probably in the NFL. Yeah, and uh, like we, I think, have all agreed upon, this, this defensive unit is what's going to have to to drive this this uh, this team. Um, needs to be top five in the league if we're going to to get to where we want to go this year, which leads me to my next question, Tom, and uh, Evan and I will also give our predictions, but where, where are we finishing? What's our record? Yeah, you know, I'll do my Z score first. I think, I think it starts with, uh, you know, the range is 7 to 12. Um, and almost everything has an 8 and 8. I honestly, my my brain says 9 and 7, but my heart says 10 and 6. I'm going with 10 and 6. Go with the heart. I think Brad, I'm going with Bradford taking a step forward. I'm going with Cook being explosive, the O-line being average. And the defense being what we what it was, you know, the eleven and five season, no fall apart games, beating up on Detroit, beating up on Chicago, winning some close ones. Forbath will hit some kicks for us, unlike you know uh, Blair Walsh, night night Jakey. Um, I, I'm going ten and six. I gotta say, I, I like this team, you know, but we'll know who they are really quick. Those first four games. We'll know which team this is, right? And then it, it's either a, we're going for seven and nine, or we're going for twelve and four. And it sucks if we end up eight makes. We get a crappy draft pick, and we go nowhere. Yeah, right. We got Saints, Steelers, Bucks, and Detroit all in the first four. Um, that game at Pittsburgh is going to be very telling, and then uh, Buccaneers at home will be a good one as well. Um, I'd love, love, love to go with the heart, but I have done that far too much in my lifetime and it only ends in heartbreak i was hurt last year tom i was hurt um, <laughs> i was too um i was i was at that uh, new york game monday night uh second game of the year and i remember driving home and 
I was like, Super Bowl. We were not losing at home. Got the best defense in the league. Xavier just shut oh. down Odell. And there's not I was a, at that Houston game, Fred, and I left that game and then uh, 538 put their ELO rating out. They had the Vikings at like the second highest any team has ever been like the last five years. And it was like a 61% chance the Vikings beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And I'm like running around the lot screaming. Yeah, it was. Just heart ripped out. It was a fall from grace last year for sure. Um,. I got them at nine and seven, and then that's a crap shoot as to whether or not they they get that wild card spot or not in the NFC. Um, I, gosh, would I love uh, ten and six, eleven and five year, but uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna guard guard my heart just a little bit. Um, no, I, I respect it, Avon. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, I'm not too optimistic this year. They they left a bad taste in my mouth as as they did with everybody. Um, Tom, you said th- these first four games are going to be telling. I want to believe that they are, but I mean, we started four and zero. We started five and zero last year, and we ended up eight and eight. And that that hurt. That's that was brutal to see. Um, I don't know how improved our offensive line is. I'm a, I'm a little afraid of that. Um, so I'm going to say seven and nine, and I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but uh, that's kind of where my gut's throwing me right now. So, boy, that would hurt. Yeah, that that would suck. But let's. I can see it going seven and nine or nine and seven. But I'm I'm gonna stick with seven and nine. I'm gonna be the pessimist gotta, tonight. I'm sorry. I got a hot, I got a hot take for you too, guys. Now, Evan, you're, you're, you got you guys are both on the right path. Though. I mean, we're all in the same ballpark, and Evan, that's definitely a possibility. You're not in a good one. I will tell you this. Mark my words. We go seven and nine, and we miss the playoffs. The whole thing is getting blown up. Yeah, Mealman's gone, Zimmer's gone. We're letting like big free agents. Bradford's probably gonna walk. We're gonna probably cut guys like Remmers and Reefer on big money deals, and then we're going into tank mode while this defense ages, and it's gonna suck because we're gonna be this defense. Then is gonna get old by the time we get good again. This is a, if it doesn't if this. This system that we have in place right now, these coaches, this group of players, if it doesn't work this year, welcome to another five-year drought. Yeah, then we're looking at, yeah, we're looking at what we just saw the last six years. Um, great. So that's a, that's a nice thing to, uh, to end the, uh, the Vikings preview. And I think Evan's got one more question that yeah, we'll we're let gonna, you go. We're going to, we're going to close out on a would you rather Tom. Um, let's say, let's say the Vikes. Okay, we're going to give you two scenarios here. So, either got A, Vikes go, let's say 9-7, and seven, sneak into the playoffs, end up losing the first game, but hey, we're intact, we're a playoff team, maybe things look a little better better next year. Or let's say the Vikes go 7-9, and nine, miss the playoffs, um, Packers make the NFC Championship game, and Rodgers blows his ACL. Oh, definitely number two, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're gonna take uh, the the seven and nine potential to blow everything up with six years in in absolute uh, purgatory, uh, but also have a hobbled Aaron Rodgers for maybe. Wait, wait, wait. Do do I get with the nine and seven season making the playoffs? Do I get like a chance? Are we on a hot streak or like are they in the playoffs? And I don't know where they end up. Like, because I, I was assuming we lose in the playoffs. No, we lose, lose that in the first. Playoffs. They lose that first game, but you're coming off a, a winning season, uh, make the playoffs, and you feel a little better about next year. 
A little. The ride is ACL. Yeah, man. Yeah, he may never recover from that. He's 34. Yeah. Oh, this is tough, guys. You know what? Just to prove the Greenway's wrong, I'm going with Mike's playoff season. Um, but I, I, yeah, that's, that's pretty close to me. Yeah, all right. I would, I, you know, it'd be great to see some tears across the border. Um, I can't, I can't disagree with you there. So, um, Tom, thanks for coming on. It was a blast. We're absolutely going to have you on throughout the season to get the uh, the pulse of the uh, the Purple Nation. Um, happy, uh, happy week one. Thanks, guys. Um, appreciate you guys having me on. I, uh, I'm open for a, a good, a great, sorry, a great Viking season this year. Um, Skull Vikes, I hope, the, I hope the Packers don't win again. I Abs- honestly hope that. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Skull. Skull. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. I'd like to thank Tom for that uh, enlightening interview on the uh, upcoming season. <laughs> um yeah, uh, we're going to run through our uh, slate of NFL games coming up here this week. Some of the things we like, some of the things we don't coming up. For those of you who want to uh, maybe place some money on some of these games, definitely go check out uh, Model 284. We've got a uh, R spread versus the Model spread versus the Vegas. Um, so one of the things that you're going to want to look at there is, especially on the over-unders, so it'll have uh, the the model's projected point total as well as the probability that um, this game will go over. And uh, generally speaking, you want that uh, that projected total to be higher than Vegas's and then also that high percentage on the probability. Uh, the other thing that may trip some people up is the spreads are all in relation to the home team. So uh, it'll be minus three or plus three. That's in relation to who's at home. Yep. Uh, but now let's uh, hit our uh, hammer the overs mm-hmm. over the week. Evan, you want to start us off? Yeah, we're um, we're hitting up Dallas and the Giants on Sunday night football. We got Zeke allegedly playing Sunday night, yeah, so he is playing. we're going to see that high powered Dallas offense again, and that's currently at forty eight points. And we're going to hammer that over. Gonna hammer that over. I think that's a, a freebie right there. Yeah, um, I think. A lot of offense coming from the Giants, Odell uh-huh. um, and Brandon Marshall out on the outside. Eli's mm-hmm. going to be chucking the ball, and I, yeah, I think that's a free one. I like it. Uh, I'm going with after. I would like to say after getting no respect in the Twitter poll last week with my Oklahoma State <laughs> Tulsa game, uh, I'm going for two weeks in a row. Uh, I'm going Green Bay and Seattle at 51 points at Green Bay. I think a lot of these. Um, these week one games are a little tricky because you don't know exactly how the offenses are going to be clicking. Maybe some new pieces that haven't gotten um, the reps with the with their quarterbacks yet. Not the case for these two teams. Uh, you got Aaron Rodgers with a full arsenal plus Martellus Bennett. Yep. And then you've got Russell Wilson with basically his full uh, uh, arsenal as well. Um, I see this game in the uh, high 50s. I like it a lot. Hammer that over on Seattle Green Bay. Boom. Um, Some other games that we're looking at here. uh, First game of the year, Thursday night football, Kansas City and New England. Over-unders at 48.5 right now, uh, minus 9 in favor of New England. Um, I'm staying away from this one for, for a couple of reasons. I feel like this game goes one of two ways. Either it's that... Super Bowl hangover, kind of have all that celebratory stuff in the beginning of the night, kind of a weird Thursday night game. 
where New England doesn't exactly come out clicking on offense, and uh, maybe it's tight. I think they win regardless, but maybe it's tight in yeah. a low-scoring game. <clears throat> or um, they go absolutely off in front of a national audience with Goodell in the building and all those Smack clown towels face. flying, yeah. and they put up like 75 points. Yeah. So I, I have no idea exactly how this game's going to go, so I'm going to stay away from it. Yeah, I'm with you on that too, especially the Thursday night factor. You just never know what's what's coming your way um but i'm with you it's either going to be a blowout or it's going to be a close game i could see the chiefs covering this it's it's minus nine new england right now and Mm -hmm. i i don't know i I think people might overlook the chiefs despite all the background noise that's that's happening there but they're still a good team good defensive team um but still not confident enough to to take the bet yeah absolutely i think that uh kansas city has a pretty good chance of covering this one as well um, a game I, I actually kind of like um, is I like Cleveland plus nine. Some books have them at eight and a half or eight um, against Pittsburgh. Um, Cleveland's trending in the right direction. I don't think they're going to be as bad as last year. I think they're somewhere in the four to six win territory. Okay. And Pittsburgh, I mean, Le'Veon Bell just started practicing like a week ago, not even a couple days ago. Um, Martavis Bennett hasn't played in a year over a year and big ben is essentially a walking ice pack at this point i think that offense is going to be lethal this year but i think it could take a week or two to get going okay. i think this is hitting the under and i think cleveland covers wow okay that's bold I, um i don't know i think this is gonna be a blowout this is in cleveland but i still like the steelers um either hitting the over or covering the eight and a half um, deshaun kaiser starting for the browns rookie quarterback mm-hmm Always prone to mistakes Just there. Just hand that ball off. Isaiah Crowell. Yeah, Crowell's supposed, supposed to be the guy this year. Um, but I don't know. That's an iffy one. Yeah, uh, I like Cleveland. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people in my camp on that one. But um, yeah, well, you a lot of points. And, uh, looking pretty good. All of a sudden, I'm looking pretty good. Um, hometown affair. We got uh, New Orleans coming to town to play the Vikes. New Orleans as we, and uh, of course. Yeah, as we talked about with Tom. Uh, Vikes currently favored at uh, minus three and a half. This mm-hmm. is one uh, that the uh, model actually likes the over on. Yeah. High probability Which going over. Surprises, um, me. surprises me as well, but I don't hate it. Um, if you want to um, check out some of those those models, model bets, head on over to model 284. But uh, I don't think it heads over. I think we got an under and a low scoring affair. I think uh, – Minnesota defense clamps down on Breeze and the offense sputters a little bit. Yeah, let's hope. I mean, that's, you know, obviously New Orleans always has the superpowered offense and AP gets added into the mix. Hopefully he doesn't run train on the Vikes just mm-hmm. uh, with his vengeance, but um, we'll see. I think I take the under on that one too. Last one I really like here is uh, Philadelphia, Washington. At Washington, Philadelphia is favored at minus one. I like Philadelphia. Um, to to win and cover, um, I think that uh, Washington's got a lot of new pieces on offense that could take a little bit to get used to. I think Philadelphia is going to be uh, much better than they were last year, at least record wise. They were a team whose record didn't exactly uh, show their performance last year. I think Wentz in his second year starts to put things together a little yep. bit. Alshon Jeffrey, you With got that uh, Nike Pro Combat arm sleeve he's got. Exactly, and uh, I think Philadelphia takes care of business in Washington. Yeah, one of your uh, favorite NFC East games. NFC East, NFC East only this week. Surprise, surprise! Love Two it. NFC East matchups. 
All right. You got anything else? I think that's a wrap. Just uh, let's get to Sunday now. Yeah, let's fast forward to Sunday. Oh, we can settle on Thursday. We got we got a game coming Thursday night, True. too. We got Thursday. We got a full slate of games Saturday for college football, and then we've got Christmas. It's like two weeks away. <laughs> I mean, not really, but basically. Exactly. All right. That's it for us here on Hammer the Over. You guys have a great week. Wow.